Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In Maryland, a huge break in the Rachel Morin case leads to the killer, but the police need your help to identify him. In Louisiana, coffee giant Starbucks goes after a family-owned small business accusing the owners of copyright infringement, and in Michigan, a customer at a gas station fights back against a would-be robber who decided to take a knife to a gunfight. These stories and more are coming at you today, Thursday, August 24th, on Real Life Real Crime Daily, and I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. And I'm Mike Agavino, and once again, none of my stories made it into the T's. Well. Which... I do. I go with it's the best one. It's pretty easy Mike. to do since you tease three. You actually never do if you look at the data. <laughs> okay. The the you three say. people, three stories to tease, and none of mine included. So mm. that another just right, got that down. Another topic for next board. I, I let a uh, third party select the best ones, and that's, that's what bullshit. they select. That is bullshit. It's yeah. not. That is bullshit. That's funny. I need, I need a BS. I need a BS meter in here. So uh, we can just watch the uh, dial on the BS meter as the show goes along. Third party, you know who you I'm are. I'm gonna get yes. one of those buzzer buttons. That anytime you start doing your unsanctioned shit, I'm gonna go. Bah. That's right. We'll just play it all the way through, <laughs> where all you hear is muffled mic, muffled mic. Hashtag. All right, we're gonna get into some crime. Uh, time today, Woody Everton. What you think about that? I love the crime time. In look, we're gonna start it off with the Rachel Mooring case. Uh, goody, goody. We haven't heard enough of that one. We have a huge update on this case. DNA has linked the killing of this Maryland hiker to a Los Angeles home invasion. So DNA evidence of the recent killing of the Maryland woman whose body was found near a hiking trail uh, has been led to that Los Angeles home evasion and assault of a girl earlier this year. Both cases remain unsolved. Detectives match DNA collected from the crime scenes, but they have not yet identified the suspect. Following a news conference last Thursday evening, authorities released surveillance footage and photos of the suspect from video capture while he was leaving the house, and that was on a ring camera, that authorities said he broke into in March. Rachel Morin, 37, left her home to go hiking on the evening of August 5th and never returned. Her boyfriend reported her missing later that night, and her car was found near an entrance to the trail she frequented. Her body was discovered the following day, and it was widely reported. Uh, We believe this was the person that Rachel probably didn't know. Colonel William Davis with the Hartford County Sheriff's Office said at the news conference, calling the killing a potentially random act of violence. Davis said law enforcement had no idea where the suspect is now. He said DNA evidence recovered from Moran's body matched another sample in the National Law Enforcement Database, which is how detectives linked those two cases, and he declined to provide additional info about the Los Angeles assault, saying only that the victim was a young girl. Authorities said they hope someone will recognize a suspect from the surveillance footage and help detectives make an arrest. So here's what we're going to do here on Real Life Real Crime Daily. We have that footage. We're going to post it on our page. uh, And this is in hopes that maybe, maybe a listener might recognize this guy. I can tell you it's not what you would think. The guy's a tall, it looks like a taller, athletic guy, very muscular build. Uh, He's seen leaving the residence in Los Angeles shirtless, uh, pants on, and he had enough, uh, I guess, wherewithal to know where that ring camera was. So when he exited that door, he had his back turned 
to the ring camera where you cannot see his face and you could tell that that was intentional. It's only about a 10 second clip. And then I took and I froze uh, images from that ring camera. So you can look at those too. And so, so Jim, so I'm clear this, the ring camera thing was a rape that he did. Correct. In Home invasion in, and rape. In California. Yes. And Rachel Moran was found on the other side of the country. Maryland. And Maryland murdered and uh, and probably raped also on, uh, uh, on a hiking trail. And, and you we know, need y'all's help people uh, uh, to, to identify him. And yes, absolutely. Uh, this is... I would suspect that somebody out there is going to recognize this guy in the next few days. Right. And, you and, said he's, I mean, he's pretty stout. Yeah. And he's all that. definitely a re- recognizable and, individual. And, and he travels the whole country and there's going to be a whole lot more bodies on him. I can assure you. Yeah. And, and look, he graduated from a home invasion and a rape to a murder. Right. Uh, assuming there's not any more out there, which there probably are, but assuming there wasn't, he is now in the murder category, and this guy's not going to stop, in my right. opinion. Absolutely agree. And, y'all, what we'll do, let's post, just put that clip together, and we're going to post it on our social media and on our TikTok. Um, you can go follow us at, uh, on TikTok at Real Life Real Crime. Crazy. Uh, I don't know, you coast to coast, bro. That's I know. crazy. All right, so let me take you to. Truck driver, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, take you to Alaska. And a 20-year-old, 21-year-old man was arrested on suspicion of killing his National Guard member wife after he pleaded for her safe return and helped her mother search for her. Um, Saria Hildebrand was reported missing to the Anchorage Police Department on August 7th, 7th after she was last seen the morning prior. Anchorage police announced that Hildebrand's disappearance was being investigated as a homicide, and as a result, police arrested her husband, Zarius Hildebrand, on charges of first-degree murder, secondary murder, and tampering with evidence. Investigators discovered Sarah Hildebrand's body in a storm drain. I don't, I don't know. You wouldn't think of like Anchorage having storm drains, but I guess today. Both Hildebrands were in the military. Sarah Saria Hildebrand served in the Alaska Army National Guard, and Zarius was in the Second Infantry Brigade Combat Team, and he was also airborne. Saria recently moved to Alaska from Utah, where she also served in the Utah Army National Guard. On August fifth, the couple reportedly spent the night out with friends um, for his twenty-first birthday. They got back to their apartment in early morning hours on August 6th. A neighbor reportedly heard a gunshot at 2.45 a.m. Zarius informed investigators his wife went to work at 10 a.m. but left her phone at home. At 10.45 a.m., however, her, her co-workers got a text from her saying she was not coming in that day. Hildebrand allegedly didn't really worry about his wife until 12 hours later when he started driving around and searching for her. He claimed he reported her missing Monday, August the 7th, because he thought she would come home and claim it was a misunderstanding. Hmm. Hildebrand changed his story several times about what he did on August 6th, and a subsequent investigation determined he went to a store and bought uh, marinara sauce, hydrogen peroxide, sheets, a mattress cover, a spray bottle, and other items. Investigators searched the apartment and discovered the mattress was saturated by human blood. Detectives said there was so much blood on the mattress that the blood soaked through onto the carpet and into the wood frame. That mm. you, you're not you're not alive if it's that much blood, people. Um, and Saria's mom, Meredith Barney, said Zarius walked around for hours with me, searching for my daughter, knowing that she was dead. He lied to me multiple times and tried to play it off like he was a concerned husband. Ooh, they're going to kill his ass. He wasn't very concerned. Yeah, right? Don't think. I, I, I don't really get it. The, uh, I don't know. I wonder if the military would prosecute him because he's an active yeah, member. Yeah, if they do, that he gets a firing squad. It'd be good for him. 
I'd like to see that. Yes, me too. Put that on paper, me. And perhaps <laughs> this woman in our next story could could join him. Let me give two warnings before this story. First is Jerry Ann, if you are listening, you need to go full earmuffs. Uh oh. And Jim, it's a four pager, buddy. Oh my god. Oh my god. It's a four pager. Mike's got four pages of notes. Depending, actually, Jim, on your behavior during the story, I'm good because I know I know how I can shorten things and the corners I can go You're around. Already a minute in, yeah. <laughs> just for the intro. The clock doesn't start until the intro is over. <laughs> okay, but I'm I'm going to need some actual participation uh, from you. Okay, we're going to Colorado. A Colorado mother of fifteen, one five has been arrested after her husband's body was found on her lawn and she was caught hiding behind a fake wall in her trailer. This all happened four years after the couple was accused of child abuse and boiling puppies alive in front of their kids. Nice. Nice picture of this lovely woman. Her name is Martina Crouch, age 57. Nice, with the oxygen, too. Yeah, she's got the oxygen going. She's uh, She doesn't look very happy there. Uh, she was 57, and her husband, Timothy, was 62. They were accused by their then 18-year-old daughter in 2019 of running a house of horrors that led to charges of child abuse, cruelty to animals, and obstructing an investigation. She took a plea deal to plead a no contest to a fourth-degree felony count of attempted child abuse to avoid jail time back in December of 2021. Two days later, however, Crouch violated her probation and a warrant was put out for arrest. So crimes happened four years ago. Two days after them, she violated her parole and had not been seen or heard from Mm. since then. Nearly 20 months later, Urfano County Sheriff's found her after her husband was found dead in Walsenburg, Colorado. One of the couple's 15 children, who was estranged from the parents, believed some of her siblings, including ones that have special needs, were still living with their father. After authorities identified Crouch and realized his wife was still wanted for skipping out on probation, they returned to the residence with a warrant. That's when they went in the home. That's when they found the fake wall in the trailer. And what do you know, once they got behind the fake wall, they found Crouch and her daughter. The couple's daughter, Lizzie Crouch, told authorities back in 2019 that she had been abused by her mother, who told her that she was not her real mother. And she was also abused by her father, who told all of the children that they were too stupid to go to school. None of these kids were going to school. There were 15 of them. Both Martha and Timothy, he, believe it or not, was a former reserve sheriff's deputy, Denied the charges at the time. But Lizzie Crouch, who's the fourth youngest of the 15 kids, talked about how life inside the squalid ranch house was loveless and routinely cruel. I'll never be able to get the images out of my mind seeing my mother dropping newborn puppies into boiling water and the smell of them cooking on the stovetop. I used to wake up screaming, hearing the puppies in my nightmares squealing as they boiled to death. The last time Lizzie saw her mother boil dogs could not have been more horrific. It was on her 17th birthday. Our dog, Lady, had a litter of puppies a few weeks earlier. I was in my bedroom, and my mother came in and said, I have a birthday present for you. I'll let you guys figure out what that birthday present was. I think you can do it. So uh, after all of this, they finally have the mother, and now she is back in custody. After four years of running around, she tortured all of these kids and uh, boiled puppies, eight Different times, eight different litters of puppies. That's, she a, that's a lot of puppies. One that she went on Craigslist somewhere and got them for free. She uh, boiling puppies. That is a. She unique, needs the firing unique. squad with. Uh, and she, she, she that that was in Colorado, and last mile high we did was in Denver, Colorado, and I got to give a shout out real quick because it just popped in my head when you're talking about Colorado. My niece Hattie. Uh, is living in Denver now. She's running IT or something for, for one of the major universities. And she messaged me the other day and said, hey, Uncle Woody, um, your biggest fan is driving up to see me from Louisiana. So shout out to her best friend and 
no, I don't know. I don't know her name because I'm bad with names. Y'all know that. I had I can barely remember my niece's name. It's Hattie, though. <laughs> yeah, you said it right at the get go. So anyway, shout out. And I checked. You didn't have it written down anywhere. I don't see it. Right. Not on your phone. That's good. She should be proud of you. All right, so we're gonna bring uh, we're gonna bring you to Livingston Parish the LP, the LP, and uh, if you know anything about, hey, yeah, I'm sorry, I am so sorry. That's all right. The um, gotta say, got a little special something coming up on a Friday in a couple of weeks here. That's right. It's gonna be the Jason Ard, yeah, golf tournament, eleventh annual. Who's gonna be playing in it? The foursome, the Ago, Woody, Jim, Jim, and the Ringer. Although Ago may be pretty good at golf. Are, I we, don't know. are we early favorites in this tournament? I think well, in with the you. The guy we're playing with wins just about every tournament he enters. Yeah, I, I would think with you and him, we have a shot because me, Shout I'm, I'm going to be drinking beer Josh and knocking the ball Johnson. behind me. So it's a best ball? deal yeah yeah it's a best ball and i have to even get my driver back from my son because he took it without my knowing yeah but uh anyway so we'll be there um and with the all lps elite that's right and come see sheriff that's right sorry sorry i you know what i meant to tell you this i didn't tell you this so i'm driving back from texas after i went through bucky's and i'm in alexandria oh and I look up, and I'm going 82, Ooh, 83. You not get pulled over there. And a 70, and a sheriff is right on my ass. And I looked at Jerry Ann, and I go, honey, if that guy pulls us over, we are effed in a big way. If he figures out that you're any way that I am connected to Woody, oh, yeah, it's, it's over for us. She's like, well, slow the fuck down. Right. <laughs> I, I no thought doubt. I thought he was. I, I do not speed joking. through. I, I don't. I avoid going through rapids. I have to go. You know, if that North was me Lake. and my wife, that would have been like, "Honey, if that guy pulls us over, show him your titty." <laughs> <laughs> does that does that work? I don't know. Uh, I'm we haven't been pulled over yet. Probably yeah. not. But <laughs> I'm, I'm going on a speed limit when you I know. get over there. I can tell you. I that. did notice. You know, when we were talking about that highest peak in Louisiana, like yeah. 500 something feet. Mm-hmm. I think it must be right in there because it, when a, you drive through there, there's a lot of hills. Up it's there. A, yeah, it's, it's actually a, kind of actually it's, it's north of there. When you got when you hung a left on go through Shreveport, it's just yeah. it's just a, like forty a on the yeah. Interstate forty nine yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah, the world has become a smaller place, and people are traveling more freely between countries than ever before. And companies are doing more business outside of their home countries than ever before. The geniuses at Rosetta Stone saw this trend beginning to develop years ago and have dedicated decades toward researching and refining the best and most efficient way to teach someone a new language. Rosetta Stone has been one of our most loyal sponsors here at Real Life Real Crime and The Daily Show, and that's because many of you out there have trusted Rosetta Stone to prepare you for everything from a family reunion to a -a once-in-a-lifetime trip to a business trip in a faraway country. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program in the galaxy. Rosetta Stone's been there for us with a great product at a great price. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert in language learning for 30 years with millions of users. Rosetta Stone's intuitive process helps you pick up a new language naturally so you retain what you learn, and their true accent speech recognition feature is like having a personal trainer. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Real Life Real Crime and The Daily Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. Au revoir. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right. So I'm we, learning Louisiana, folks. We're going to bring in a Livingston Parish. And look, if you know anything about me, you know that I have a, uh, a huge heart for Family and business, right? You know, and uh, and support them as much as as possible, and can't stand to see when things like this happen. The owners of an online coffee company based out of Livingston Parish have found themselves in a legal trademark battle with coffee giant Starbucks, and it has to do with the company's name, Sirens Brew Coffee Company. Wednesday, August sixteenth, was a typical day for. This coffee company, Sarah Sarah Hamilton, was busy packing up boxes of orders from her nautical-themed apparel brand for fans across the world. She packs all the orders from a building behind their home in Denham Springs with the help of her mother, Monica. The pair started the company together back in 2017. We were living in Florida, and I grew up in Alaska, so I missed the mountains, but we were living by the beach, and I wanted to write a blog called Mountains and Mermaids. And when we moved back to Alaska and decided to take that brand name and turn it into a brand, uh, Mountains and Mermaids and Sirens Brew Company were born. As a former barista, Sarah knew that she uh, wanted to somehow incorporate coffee into the new company years ago. And we came out with the Sirens Brew Design, and people asked, well, are you going to carry coffee? And that's what we did. And we started carrying it, and that's when we got in our mess with Starbucks. The Sirens Brew Coffee Company was born under that Mountains and Mermaids brand. The ruling was made just a few months back, absolutely crushing the small business owners. A lot of small businesses didn't make it through COVID, and we did. And then to get slapped again, it's pretty hard, said Monica. Uh, The woman described their fight as something similar to David versus Goliath, with most of the proceeds from coffee and apparel sales now going towards legal bills. They say they will continue to fight what they do and uh, love and protect the valuable trademark. I mean, it doesn't matter whether you're Starbucks, Nike, Dunkin', whatever. Small businesses should also have a right to protect their brand as much as anybody else. This from Sarah, who claims she filed the trademark for her company's name, which included the word siren before Starbucks did. This is not the first time the company has clashed with Starbucks over the trademarks. The ladies will continue to sell their coffee while they challenge the ruling and business isn't slowing down. They sold around 300 pounds of coffee online just last month alone. A spokesman with Starbucks uh, said Starbucks respects the rights of intellectual property holders and will take appropriate action when necessary to protect its own intellectual property rights. We are pleased with the trademark uh, trial and appeal board's decision that Sirens Brewing is confusingly similar to Starbucks right in Siren for coffee. So if you go look at these two logos, they're completely different. Now, Starbucks does have a Siren on their logo, but it is a totally different looking Siren, and it's the logos aren't even shaped the same. You would not think it was a Starbucks branded coffee by looking at that logo. And me as a common sense person, that's what I would look for. Would I, would I yeah. just, I mean, it's like they locked up. You can't use Siren in your logo at all yeah. because we're Starbucks. It is, you know, just the fact, this is just yeah. a little small it, business, uh, man. What's this real crime in it is that the attorneys for Starbucks are, not in house, right? They're getting paid all the money to do this, and this little local company is having to pay lawyers to defend themselves. That's right, so and what, they're losing no matter what. They're losing no matter what, and and you know that's what some of these corporations rely on is you just run out of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's what will wear you down. Yeah, so I, I've lived that. Wish one. them the best of luck, and maybe give them some support. Hey, yeah, how would they get to Denver Springs from back from Alaska? That's a good question. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I should have them on Local Leaders Podcast yeah, and I can should. ask them. It'd be interesting. Interesting. All right. So. And I have a couple comments on the mm-hmm. story. Sure. Um, 
first of all, for Starbucks to notice a company of that size is number one, an extreme compliment to that company that Starbucks would bother Starbucks to F should, with them. should just buy them out. Okay. Yeah. Secondly, they're actually in a great position to give Starbucks an awful lot of bad PR right. for picking on a little guy. Right. If they got hooked up with the right people who know how to uh, do one of those attacks, this is ridiculous for uh, a company selling 300 pounds of coffee a month versus what Starbucks yeah, does right. that, that they're worried about stepping on you. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that uh, I'm surprised that they can't find some folks willing to do pro bono work and yeah. take this fight to Starbucks because it, you could create some really bad PR for them that they deserve. Understand that it, how critical it is for big companies to protect their IP, but this is not a threat to yeah. their IP. This is uh, just beyond the pale in terms I mean, of maybe, uh, enforcing you, IP. Uh, you know, uh, me drinking the Starbucks, like in the cans and stuff like that, and having gone to Starbucks over the years. I actually went to the original one in Seattle. Uh, it was a little, little bitty, sh- like the size of this mm-hmm. room. But I would have never known that that was a siren. Yeah. Yeah, siren. I didn't know, I didn't know what you were talking about at yeah, first. Yeah. Well, there you have it. All right. This should really be a gym story because it could be mile high. But a hot air, hot air balloon crash that killed five in New Mexico two years ago was partially caused by a pilot's use of cocaine and cannabis, federal investigators have found. The NTSB ruling comes nearly 26 months after the deaths of longtime balloonist Nicholas Maliski, 62 years old, and two couples he had been tasked with transporting. Teachers and co-workers had chipped in to foot the bill for Susan Montoya, who for years served as assistant principal at the Georgia O'Keeffe Elementary School. Y'all know who Georgia O'Keeffe is? No. Very, very, very famous artist uh, of flowers, but that have vaginas hidden in them. Really? Imagine you knowing. Imagine me knowing that. Um, And they're actually pretty cool paintings. Because once I found out they had vaginas, and you had to find the hidden vagina, right? But anyway, all right. So, um, and at all right, back to it. So, Georgia O'Keeffe Elementary School, and at the time had pegged a lofty balloon ride as being on their bucket list. Once the funds were raised, the ticket was offered as a going-away gift as she prepared to transfer to another school. Montoya invited her husband, John, along for the ride, as well as good friends of theirs, the Martinez. A retired Albuquerque police officer and sergeant in the Albuquerque Public Schools Police Department, and then such a thing, Martin, along with his wife, Mary, happily obliged and were in the basket later that day for an early morning liftoff. Pegged for just... After sunrise, their excursion's outset at first occurred without a hitch, but Maliski, a pilot who had presided over such flights for decades, in charge. And initially, the ride went as planned, uh, with Maliski's balloon gently hovering hundreds of feet over the festivities before descending back down to attempt a landing. And that's when, to the horror of hundreds of onlookers, things went awry. As, as the balloon descended, in the sky above Albuquerque, it came into contact with power lines, detaching the gondola and causing a fall 100 feet right into a busy stretch of Albuquerque traffic. All died from blunt force trauma. The flight occurred under, un, under commonly accepted FAA protocols, which do not require drug testing because the balloon pilots are vetted months beforehand. And there you have it. I mean, the the I've actually been... There in Albuquerque, when that festival's going on, it's a very beautiful thing. But I've also thought, mm, you know, can you imagine? Holy a, shit! Falling a hundred and you win it as, as your bucket list. It yeah. literally was their bucket list. And that happens in and rush hour in the middle of. Right. All, I mean, and then oh my God. And, and because your pilot was high on cocaine and weed, horrible, crazy. Mm. I get a great party idea out of your thing. So instead of doing pin the tail on the donkey at the next party, I'm going to do a Georgia O'Keefe version of that. <laughs> you can. 
That would be fun. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm, I, I can't believe you never heard her. She's like, Mm-mm. I mean, name of schools after her. Yeah, I have, have not. Well, folks, it's ridiculous that Jim did not tease this next segment in the uh, tease at the beginning. But it's here anyway. It's here. The if I was allowed to have a stuff, I'm not allowed to report, report, report. Oh, shit. Making its final approved board appearance, unless there is a successful appeal that we will undergo Mm, with the help of the Aglets. That's not going to (laughs) happen. Here we go. If I was allowed to have a stuff I'm not allowed to report, 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 here are some of the topics I would not report in the report I'm not reporting. I would not report on the disgusting treatment former ESPN Sports Center anchor Sage Steele has received from the Sports Network. I certainly would not report about how ESPN took away assignments and hosting duties from Steele because as a child of a black father and white mother, she chose to identify as biracial. I also would not report the fact that the network and the anchor have now formally parted ways because Sage dared to voice her concern that she was being forced to take a vaccine she did not want to take and that ESPN wanted her to identify as black. If I was allowed to have a stuff I'm not allowed to report, report, I wouldn't report the fact that for two weeks the president of the United States couldn't be bothered to get off his beach chair and fly to Hawaii to visit and console the victims impacted by the Miami wildfires. I just got shown something I can't talk about. I would not report that the families impacted by the tragic train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, more than six months ago, are still waiting for him to come visit. I also wouldn't report that the likely reason he's even showing up in Maui is so that he can make the false claim that this wildfire was caused by climate change. If I was allowed to have a stuff I'm not allowed to report, report, I wouldn't report that we seem headed toward an election matchup of less than 30, that uh, less than 30% of Americans want. I would not report that both of these candidates might have to watch the election returns in an orange jumpsuit from a 5 by 7 cell. I also wouldn't mention that there are no less than three Republican candidates and one independent candidate that would likely beat Biden head-to-head, but Republicans seem hell-bent to run the one guy Biden will beat. If I was allowed to have a stuff I'm not allowed to report, report, I would not report on the fact that Johnny Depp, Amber Heard, Netflix series exposes how truly awful both of these humans are. I would not report that the biggest crime of all with Depp and Heard is that more than 500 million people watch this stinking turd of a trial. I would also not report that the only tangible takeaway from this mess is what a disease social media can become and how quickly it can get there. This has been the if I was allowed to have a stuff I'm not allowed to report Report. Report. Thank you, Jesus. It's over. <laughs> Appeal pending. All right, y'all. So I just looked up Georgia. Keith Wav and Mike was doing all that bullshit. <laughs> and the... It's a bit, that was a very I, colorful... I, I remember uh, my sister had a couple of them. It, it, and back when I was in college, and so evidently... It, that's what she's allegedly most famously known for, not to be proven because she died in like 1986. Are they valuable? How expensive are those paintings? Uh, the real ones are like millions. Really? They're like more famous than blue dogs and stuff. Wow. But you can't get an original. Oh, Mike, you, you probably got 10 of them in your house. No, I don't have any of those. <laughs> Don't have don't, unless my wife has hidden those. Yeah. All right, we're gonna go. You know, to, she likes to hide vaginas from me. <laughs> you, Miss Jerry, if you don't beat the shit out of him, he still got her earmuffs on that. from that uh, dog story. Okay, so so to go. right. We're gonna go to Spring, Texas, and uh, Tina Maria. Jimenez, 38, is charged with money laundering and unauthorized reproduction and sale of temporary tags, which are both felonies. Jimenez ran easy used cars and trucks out of a small strip center. Investigators with the Department of Motor Motor Vehicles believe it was a front to sell fake paper license plates for profit. Jimenez would receive payment via Zeal and often communicated about the sales with her employees on a Facebook group called Hustle Group. Easy used cars and trucks were registered with the Department of Motor Vehicles, and investigators discovered during a 13-month period that Jimenez issued no buyer tags, which means she sold no cars. However, she issued 1,037 dealer tags. Probably 20 bucks a piece. That's like 
Major money. Dealer tags are mostly reserved for agents of dealerships for test drives or loaner cars. In one example, records show Jimenez issued eight vehicle tags to the same vehicle in a one-month period. Wow. Sergeant Jose Escobano said those who are buying the tags are often trying to hide offenses. They use them for human smuggling. They use them to hide the identity of the car, which is very easy to do. And any one of those tags can wind up on a car that does robberies and burglaries. Escobano works for the Precinct 3 Constable's Office in Travis County, where he's on a task force. He also teaches officers statewide on how to spot fake tags and has been a voice to in the work to pass House Bill 718 in Texas, which will ban paper plates on all vehicles in July of 2025. The law was in response to the proliferation of fake paper plate tags on Texas roads in recent years. This is like a major problem in Texas. It's very lucrative, and you don't need anything to do it. You can go online to get a PDF and go to work, as Cabano said. Jimenez made at least $5,345 and is expected in court next month. I would bet she she made more than that. And in Louisiana... Yeah, you know, certainly when you get a new vehicle, you get a temporary paper tag, but they do also have dealer tags if you're a car dealer, but they all start with D. So if yeah. you ever see that, you know, it's a dealer dealer tag, but the metal plates. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, you know, it's, a, it's not a crime you often think about. No, no. Tag and switching people, schemes. People trying to. But you know that that goes back to the drug, like you said, sex, sex trafficking, but the drug trafficking mm-hmm. all, and they have those cameras that are reading everything. So yeah, you can't read right. if it's fake ass paper plate or paper, right. paper tag. All right, to Michigan, home of the landing strip. It right? is the home of the landing strip. This, or at least it was the home of the landing. Y'all, this is a pretty cool story. Um. I, I don't normally read the titles, but I'm reading this one. So in a Michigan gas station, a customer calmly shoots a robber armed with a box cutter. This is a, the moment a hero customer stopped a man robbing a Michigan mini-mart by shooting the suspect while carrying a six-pack of Miller Lite beer. The incident occurred on July 27 when suspect Cordelius Anthony Martin, 35, armed himself with a box cutter and tried to rob Stone Lakes Marathon cash registry. The unnamed customer, who had a valid concealed carry permit, promptly took out his handgun and fired seven shots at the suspect. The customer then held the man. I guess he missed him all seven times. Customer no, no, then, he got, he got. Okay, so the customer then held the man at gunpoint until law enforcement arrived. It is not yet clear whether he will face criminal charges. Martin entered the store announcing, "You know why I'm here." Before pulling a mask over his face, right? Shouldn't you pull the mask over your face before you go in? He threatened the store clerk with the box cutter. The customer told law enforcement he could not see what the robber was holding, but saw the fear on the clerk's face. The man fired shots, right, here, here it is, one hidden a liquor bottle with, with others catching the robber in the arm, back, and face. The customer told the police the suspect fell to the floor but was crawling towards him. He therefore ran to his car, <laughs> get another loaded magazine, and held the suspect at gunpoint until officers arrived. I'm pretty sure he wasn't getting up and running at this point. But the suspect was released from the hospital and arraigned on a bunch of charges, including armed robbery. He's got a $100,000 bond. Cass County Prosecutor Victor Fitz said he is waiting for the police to finish the investigation before deciding whether to file criminal charges against the customer. In Michigan, we do have defense of others as part of the law, meaning it's lawful to defend others. If there's a situation where the dangerous force being used against them. Um, the victim of the robbery who did not want to be identified said the shopper saved my life. Here's the there's there's that video made that dude's day, right? There's a video. Yeah. He never puts down his six pack or well, twelve well, pack, whatever shooting. it was of Miller. Yeah, he's got the he's got the yeah. beers and he's shooting and he it's just like any other trip to the store right, for this guy. Right. And boom, know, and then he calmly goes out to get the new clip. Not every see that I was going to 
say that for listeners. When we say magazine, magazine is what law enforcement and people who know firearms call the the part of the weapon that houses the bullets, right? And uh, more commonly referred to in the public as clips. You say that in, in a police setting, they'll say clips for your hair or clips are for paper clips. It's a magazine. But the deal being is, don't you know a certain Woody pointing a at certain I don't know anything about police. a certain percentage I'm gonna teach you that. A certain percentage of as soon as it cools off, you gotta come to the country. A certain percentage of the people that get these concealed carry permits, they're just waiting, right? I mean sorry, most of them are good. Like taco vigilante exactly. that day. Certain percentage that have those uh, permits are like I wish a motherfucker would, to quote by Brandy on the show the other day. I wish a motherfucker would do something stupid in front of me. But you never know how somebody would react if yeah. they've never been in that situation. Right. This guy, cool as, I mean, the coolest customer ever, just kind of, oh, that guy's yeah. <laughs> that guy's going to rob the place? No, he's not. Yeah, right? Just whipped it out. That's a good one. That's a great one. Do you guys remember the Batman villain Two-Face? Mm, I think so. I think so. You remember Two Face? I remember Face Side Side. Yeah. yeah so yeah, he yeah. he was Harvey Dent was right. his name, and he was mm, mm. the district attorney of Gotham City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember now. And he gets uh, played. He, he I love gets that, man. played by. Um, well, Tommy Lee Jones Tommy did it Lee in Jones. one of the early movies. I don't yeah. know who did it in one of the more recent movies, but he gets acid thrown on his face right. during a trial, right. and he becomes this bad guy who constantly flips a coin, and if the coin lands on, and the coin is a two-faced right. coin, shows both his acid-destroyed side of his face and his his regular side of his face, and depending on where the coin lands, he will uh, he will carry out the actions that sort of Good guy, right. Harvey uh, Dentwood, or bad guy Two Face would, and I, I think that character is the inspiration behind this gang, this group that has spawned okay. uh, across the the country in very very recent days. So they call themselves the Coin Boys. Mm-hmm. Go search Coin Boys on. Instagram or TikTok or or YouTube, and you'll uh, you'll see just how significant this thing is is becoming. But the coin boys determine every single thing they do by the flip of a coin. So each member commits that their entire persona revolves around coins, coin flips, and the element of chance. Their mantra is "Live by the coin, die by the coin." In a recent TikTok, a coin boy captain named Julio says, "Quote." There is a new generation of coin boys. When a decision can go either way, that's when the coin boys come out to play. Apparently, they sound like a bunch of badasses. Right. Apparently, this thing really took <laughs> off over the summer, as there are a number of high schools across the country reporting the emergency, the emergence of coin boys in their school. A high school teacher in Oregon, issuing her first assignment of the new year, was told by by a coin boy, "Quote: Heads, I do it; tails, I don't." And when it came up tails, he simply said, the coin has spoken and refused to do the assignment. It's unclear just yet how widespread coin boys are, but retired police officer Greg Spencer, uh, this is an Oregon officer, now doing security work for Nike in Portland, said, quote, we've had several incidents recently where people have come into the store and flipped the coin to decide whether to pay for the shoes or just walk out without paying. It's not hard to see this becoming a very significant and dangerous trend across the country. The Real Life Real Crime Daily I-Team is on the story, and we will be watching it closely. Live by the coin, die by the coin. Well, you know, me and Woody, we, we've been knowing about the coin boys for years, but we didn't call them the coin boys. We called them nerds. Right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, really? I wonder what they called you, because these are these are definitely not nerds. Watch the videos. <laughs> Watch They're the videos. Nerds. I mean, these are high schoolers flipping coins. I like buy the coin, die by the coin. They They're, don't not, they're do not all that. They're not all high schoolers. Y'all know what Look, I didn't make fun of the story you got you said out, of high a, out of a community magazine that you just read. This this is a real magazine. thing happening across the country. And you should magazine. look it up. Y'all know what challenge, challenge coins are? Challenge yeah. coins, yeah. 
Yeah. Real men carry challenge. That's cards. right. Not nerds. Coin boys, Not I apologize. That was Jim. They call that was Jim my, that called you a the nerd. Prepubescent, pimple-popping coin boys. Look, I stand for nerds. I cheered loudly in Revenge of the Nerds when the nerds won <laughs> the, I, the, the uh, fraternity Olympics. Probably and I support did. the coin boys. And no, you are not nerds, guys. <laughs> okay. All right. Mile high time. Mile high You can crowds. now take off that belt and move freely around the cabin. All right. So we got an interesting mile high crime today. And, you know, we talk about a lot with these mile high crimes, TSA theft and how it's actually, you know, when you check your bags that you take your greatest risk from these, these employees at these airports. So I've done some research. I was curious to know the top 20 airports for TSA theft as reported so far in 2023. Well, it's interesting. I'm going to give them to you real quick. And these are the top airports across the United States for TSA employee theft uh, where they were fired. So not necessarily the ones caught, uh, not caught, but the ones that were caught and fired. Who would you think number one is? Atlanta. Who would you say? I'd say New Orleans or maybe Houston. Miami International Airport. 29 people have been fired for TSA theft. Number two, JFK with 27. Number three, Los Angeles International Airport with 24. Number four, Hartford Jackson Atlanta International Airport with 17. So it's up there. Number five, Las Vegas McCarran with 15. Number six is Dallas Fort Worth. Really? Yeah. Uh, and New York, they're tied. LaGuardia Airport, 14 each. Uh, number eight is Newark, Liberty, Philadelphia, and Seattle, 12 mm-hmm. each. Uh, number 11 is Orlando International Airport, and it has 11. Uh, number 12 is Houston, George Bush Intercontinental Airport, and Salt Lake City at 10 each. Number uh, 14 is Washington Dulles International Airport with nine. And number 15, that's right, Louis Armstrong, New Orleans International Airport with seven, as well as Detroit. Uh, Number 17 is Boston Logan, Denver International, and San Diego International at six. And number 20, Chicago O'Hare. At five. I'm surprised Chicago O'Hare was not higher on that list. It's uh, crazy. I've been to every one of them. And, uh, the only one I ever had shit stolen was yours. Yeah. There more than I don't check bags ever. Yeah. I mean, I don't care if I'm going on a month-long trip. It's going to yeah. fit in a carry-on. Yeah. Uh, during a recent ABC News investigation, an iPad left behind at a security checkpoint in Orlando was tracked as it moved 30 miles away to the home of a TSA officer last seen handling it. So now with the air tags and right. Apple tags and all this technology, at least it's becoming easier to right. know when, you know, some tomfoolery is going is on. Crazy. These airports. Interesting. Yeah. A little stat for you for your Thursday. You can now take off that belt. And move freely around the cap. Next week, I'm going to have a stat on the amount of coin, coin guys, boys, coin gonna, boys that have but, pimples. Uh, well, no, I no, hope no. it's more the fascinating coin, than learning that all the biggest airports in the country with the most traffic have <laughs> the most TSA incidents. Hey, because uh, now I feel educated. The uh, the maybe the coin, the coin boys are aspiring to be TSA yeah. agents. Yeah, and maybe they, they were flipping coins. And, they, <laughs> and that would go to show just what did they say? How nefarious the, the they coin, could be in the wrong role. They told the teacher. Live by the coin. No, he told his teacher. The coin has spoken. The coin has spoken. (laughs) The coin has spoken. What a (laughs) slap. Need that on a (laughs) t-shirt. Uh-oh. Kinky Crimes on Thursday is usually my favorite. Kinky Crimes on Thursday, Thursday. So, I'm going to try to skip the title because I don't want to give it away. Uh, um, but loud neighbors and threats at an apartment complex in Houston led to the arrest of two sisters. The sisters are accused of grabbing their guns earlier this week to confront their noisy neighbors. Mm, that ain't right? kinky. Right. 
Well, the sisters claim the confrontation took place because the neighbors were being too loud during oh. sex. Houston police arrested Alexis Davis and Treasure Bibbs, it must be her stage name, for pulling <laughs> a gun on a married couple just before 7 on Monday morning. Davis and Bibbs both had guns and threatened to shoot Kevin Frank and Kira McPherson for being too noisy. These weren't the first threats the couple had received from the sisters. Police say that the neighbors have had an ongoing dispute over noise coming from the couple's apartment. They've reportedly left notes on Frank and McPherson's door threatening to kill them and their kids. David and Bibbs faced 20 years in prison after being charged with ag assault with a deadly weapon. And they, uh, Bibbs posted a bond, but her sister wasn't so lucky. David's bond was much higher. It turns out she was already on bond for a prior felony arrest. Now, all over some loud sex. sex. I mean, maybe the maybe you need to find out what that. Yeah, I mean, off the wall these two females might want to know that. what that dude's doing over yeah, there. Well, to make his lady the, scream. The these I would submit to you these these pistol packing sisters could take the coin boys out anytime. Sounds to me, yeah. <laughs> That's a fight I'd like to see. Uh, <laughs> All right. Thin walls there. Right, uh, evidently. And that's a married couple with kids? Yeah, but yes. they had last names, different last mm-hmm. names. That was pretty weird. Little, yeah, I mean, like, that's jealousy at its best right, right there. Right. Maybe they were talking dirty shit out loud. Huh? They were talking dirty shit about the sisters. Maybe they were inviting them to come over. Yeah, <laughs> that might have been it. Might have been it. Banjo time. Short change of me on the banjos. Okay. Well, we got a poem. We Don't do. We? Oh, so we have our banjo. second segment. And of, please, of, people respond. Of poetic justice. A story you guys liked almost as much as you liked the Shiver story. Because I know you guys love the, the Shiver coin, story. The coin boys. No, no. This is not about the coin boys. <laughs> this is about Corey Kitchens. Do you remember Corey Kitchens? I do not. She is the one who wrote the book about grieving. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. After and, yeah, yeah, she, she poisoned her she husband. She got her ass hammered in court the other day. Yep. Yeah, and she's in Utah. Oh, the good old firing squad. Unfortunately, this poem comes out today because turns out they're not going to kill her. Yeah, right. Which would have been justice, but she's never going to see the light of day. So here we go. This Utah mother was oh so sad. So she decided to poison her son's dad. She wrote a book to ease everyone's grief. The balls on this woman were hard to believe. The book allowed her to avoid suspicion until the Utah police came efficient. Fentanyl, they said, at five times lethal dose, made simple work for the coroner to diagnose. She poured it into his Moscow mule, thinking she'd played him for an absolute fool. Now that she's guilty, Utah has death. For what she did, she should take her last breath. But prosecutors are chicken and just... Go with life. We'll have to get justice with a jailhouse knife. <laughs> so should you decide a dead husband you need, don't throw us off with a book to read. Just kill him good like we do in the South. We Southern folk know how to shut our mouth. That is the Corey Hitchens story. No. I gotta give you that's, that's pretty fucking good. I think he's using AI to like oh, write yeah. poem on. He's asking AI, I'm telling you. you. Are you doing it, Mike? Don't cheat. Are you plagiarizing totally, yeah. yourself? Chat GPT, would yeah. I ask you to write a poem? Yeah. And would you would you Guaranteed. use that kind of language in a poem you wrote in uh, Chat GPT? I don't think so. Guaranteed. Hey, uh, wow. I'm, actually, I'm so good. They're accusing me of cheating. I, the, it's amazing. I'm actually going to say that I actually like this. They were pretty funny. Yes. Don't, don't. don't I'm, say I'm not going to say it out loud. I did I write a, I did write a limerick. I did write a limerick. I'm not, a I'm not doing today. Oh, no. Thank God. What's the one I'm walking through the jungle with my dick in my hand, the baddest motherfucker in the whole yeah. thing? That one. I don't know if that – does that officially qualify one? as a limerick? I know it. But oh, I don't know. It has to follow that uh, 
I once was a man. No, I once knew a man from Nantucket. This one's kind of like it. This one says, "Walking through the jungle, my my hand baddest motherfucker in the whole damn land. Look up in the tree, what did I see?" Oh, I didn't even do that. <laughs> yeah, I guess that would count, but probably not appropriate. <laughs> All right. I've been waiting on this one, Jimmy. All right. They, they stole, stole what? What? what they steal? How about some cakes with cakes. a man's face on them? There you go. That's right. A Lancaster man stole three cakes with his face printed on them, and he is wanted by police. Anthony Jackson is accused of stealing those cakes. The 24-year-old supposedly ordered the cakes online. I'll say that you got your picture on Yes. Them. Yeah. Had his face printed on them, but never paid for them online prior to coming to the store to pick them up. A witness confirmed that the person who ordered the cake was the same person pictured in the photos that were printed on the cake. This witness also said the payment was not made online for the bakery items. Jackson went into the store, picked up the cakes, and then walked through the store, selected four canned products, two candles, and a small package of cupcakes and a box of chips. He proceeded to the self-checkout counter, scanned the small box of cupcakes and the box of chips, and paid $12.99. The cakes alone were valued at $90.40 and were never scanned or paid for. Jackson was identified, obviously, through the photos submitted for the cakes, being matched to the security footage. And that oh is a picture of Mr. Guy. Jackson that I'm going to post for everybody to see. He is still on the run, y'all. Yes. So if you yeah. recognize he's a potential coin boy Jackson, recruit. let us know yeah. and let authorities yeah, know. Coin boy recruit. He could be a coin boy recruit. He probably he is the leader. Boy. He was, I was going to say he could be the coin boy recruiter. the coin boy. So Congrats, that, Jim. The tally of money in all the crimes you reported today was $127.15. That's excellent. Mike is a former coin boy, obviously. <laughs> I'm they so stole mean. what? They stole what? <laughs> At uh, least my crimes are crimes, Michael. <laughs> furries. Uh, this has nothing to do with crime, but... <laughs> are you... Uh, coin boys and furries. Hey, I'm, no, I'm... ESPN sucks. On... on, on <laughs> <laughs> on, Friday, on Friday's show, Jim's got a big story about a lemonade stand that was shaken down in the park last weekend. So listen in for that. So funny. All right. That's it. Come Love all y'all. Uh, always interesting fellows in our rescue. Our rescue.org. .org. Get in the fight. Stay, see something, say something. That's right. In human trafficking and worldwide. That's Check it. them out Love for more information. Y'all. Any anything else, Mike? Any breaking news on the coin? I think Mike said enough. <laughs> there will be a coin boys too. I promise oh, you, sure I promise you that. Oh, you, you're nothing else. You are persistent. I've always said that about you. That's right. Uh, also, we want to mention. Uh, you know, check out our other stuff. We do Woody Bloody Angola. Bloody Angola. The clemency uh, continues right in the middle of it. Yes. Uh, Real Life, Real Crime original drops on Tuesdays. Y'all, I just told the most disturbing part of the story. There's a reason I'm reading from the courtroom transcripts because you hear what this guy confessed to. And we're about to wrap that up with the interview with the family. Uh, and then you'll we'll do a call to action. So it's been a long one. But everything in there, if you're true crime fans, that's what really goes on. Yeah. And go follow us on in the app, the Real Life Real Crime Community app, um, blood, not bloody, or bloody Angola also, yeah. the Real Life Real Crime daily page and, uh, and all our other Real Life Real Crime stuff. And Absolutely. love. And if you want to be one of the three people in the entire world, besides the coin boys, it might, number might have gone today, you can go follow Ago on his newly created yeah. uh, TikTok account. Is it newly created? Yeah. Sa- you got Saturday. Saturday. And Bayou underscore Brandy on TikTok. Y'all go follow her and let her know that the lifer sent you. That's right. That's lifer, right. Lifer. Lifer sent you. Did I say that right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. A little bit out of sorts. Yeah, we look, y'all, four hours of recording. Right, today. right. And that's a, that's a limit for anybody. That's right. Until next time, I am Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. And I'm Mike Agavino. 
for Real Life Real Crime Daily. Peace. Peace. Ruthie Cox Door. Love Ruthie. And all the accolades. Accolades. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.